Welcome to Friday night. Law of one. Let me stop sharing that screen there, right? We don't need that up there. Let me get that out of there. Sorry. It's Friday night. You know what that means? Law of one, right? There we go. There I am. Namaste. Sorry. I'm running the computer again on <laughs> both sides here. Trying to figure out where do, where do I have that? What is that in there? Where is that? All right. Don't need that anymore. Got to remove that. So welcome to Orion Rising. This is Leonard O'Neill. I'm your host. Good afternoon. No, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening or good tomorrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Sorry. Running around there trying to get everything working the way I need to get it working. Share this out. Share this out. Share this out. We are live on Facebook and YouTube for the Law of One. It's Friday night, Friday night, 4 p.m. my time, and we are live, right? <clears throat> okay. So we left off last time. Uh, right. We're going to start the, the session of 100, I think, over because the I was going to start at 104 where we ended, but like 101, 102, 103 are actually pertinent. So I'm going to start uh, right, right there at session 100, question one. Uh, today and then let that play through because you'll see it's just the answer for 103 from raw is really long and so if I skipped that and went into 104 it still pertained so then if I went back one the other questions were there right so I had to do that right so Tony welcome right Tony says good morning just past midnight here in London welcome welcome from across the pond I'm over here in California so yeah you guys are you guys are just and you're still up you you guys uh, you Brits stay up late I, I've noticed that that everybody that I know that's in the UK um, I'll be talking to it. It'll be wee hours of the morning and you guys are up. I don't know when you guys sleep. Um, I, I understand now how how it was possible for the English to rule the entire planet. Nobody sleeps there. You guys are like up forever, right? Everybody else is taking rests and you guys are up plotting, man. Uh, everybody that I talk to is from the UK. I'm getting ready to go to bed and they're just like, oh, I've been up all night and it's daytime over there. You guys are crazy in the, in the, in the future and nobody sleeps. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> I'm Irish, so I'm European, but I was born in America, right? Jacqueline, welcome, welcome, right? Melissa, welcome. Everybody share this out, share this out, share this out. It's Friday night, right? Yeah, see, I can't sleep, Tony says. <laughs> Tony says I can't sleep either, ever, right? I know, yeah, Tony, you never sleep, right? You're always, you're like an insomniac, right? You're up all the time. I know a, a bunch of people that are like that. I know a guy that has sleep apnea, and he only sleeps like whenever he, he goes down. So, uh, you know, he's up all the time, and all of a sudden he just goes, Hum. And everybody's like, Shh. <laughs> let him sleep. He's down. Let him sleep. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tony, to, to, for those of you, I can put this up on the screen. Those of you who have a, you can see the chat, you can see what he's saying there. But for those of you on the MP3 broadcast, you can't see, I'm talking to people in the chat. I'm not telling you guys what everybody's saying. But Tony right here on the screen, he says, funny how global time is, is counted from Greenwich mean time. Yeah. Uh, GMT. Uh, everything's GMT. Well, they did that because, Globally, like I see my brother, my, my whole brother's fed, my brother and his wife both work for FedEx and they have forever, right? For 25 years. And um, they're a global company. So any company that goes global, the military, the, the, the governments, uh, you know, any corporation that goes global, uh, especially if you're like a courier like UPS and FedEx and all of those uh, that, that go around the world, you have to be have to go by Zulu time. 
right? So you literally have to go by a global time. Well, that that wasn't invented now because of that. If you go back in time, right, to the when the when everything went global with the ships back in the day when when the Spanish ruled the most of the waters, and then the English ruled most of the waters, and the French and all of that. We're going back further and further into time. And if you even go back further than that, they had to have something then. But it was only in maritime uh, era where they decided, look, you know, everything has to be there has to be one global standard. And uh, they we were just talking about this on a show, or maybe it was off air. But they, they came up with a global standard and, and Greenwich Mean uh, uh, was the time they decided was uh, zero, the Zulu for the world. Zulu uh, meaning, you know, like Zulu warriors native. So the whole planet is Zulu time is, is literally that global time is GMT. So I do that with my show. I'm like, my show's 4 p.m., uh, you know, PDT, Pacific Daylight Time or uh, GMT minus seven. And if, no matter where you're on the planet, if you're paying attention to that, you know where that fits into your category, depending on where you are, GMT plus or minus, right? So that's crazy, right? So, yeah. But, you know, that, that's, a, that's a good idea. If we, if we hadn't already had that, we had to have come up with something like that because it makes it easier for us globally to, to not figure out. Like people here, here, right here in the United States, have a problem with West Coast, East Coast time. Right. Because uh, some of the uh, states over here spring forward in the springtime and fall back in the in the fall because the daylight is, is changed. The amount of hours, you know, that the day is, is long uh, becomes less in the winter. So we pull the hour or the clock back an hour so that we gain one more hour of daylight. Uh, otherwise, you know, it gets dark around 4 p.m. here. Uh, and then in the wind in the winter time or in the summertime, it gets dark at like 10. Right. Same thing. And the further north you go, the more that's uh, even crazier. So even in, you know, in, in England, it's very, very similar uh, because you guys are only from my parallel uh, in the in the middle of uh, Sacramento of, of, of the state of California. If I go north about 100 miles, that's the same parallel as, as England is on. Uh, maybe 200 miles north is the same parallel as England. Uh, so the, we get the same weather up here on the coast that you guys get in London. Right. Um, it's exactly the same as London. It's only it's California, but it's on the same um, meridian. So, yeah, we had to do something about time to keep time a constant for the whole planet because it gets all crazy when people try to figure out international date lines and and what time zones, because even Australia has more than one time zone. They have East and West. You know what I mean? All categories has a different time zone that screws everybody up. But if not, then everybody, noon is noon for you wherever you are. And that has no bearing on anything else. So we had to develop that as a globe uh, to make our, our planet work. Okay, so enough of that, right? <laughs> Tony says, oh, you know a lot about the backstory on that. Thank you. Well, I grew up in a military family, uh, for one. Um, I, you know, And then my family being in logistics, you know, uh, my brother used to balance all the aircraft that flew for FedEx out of the Oakland hub. That's the hub for the West Coast the United States. And his wife drove the tugs that, that pulled all the freight. They got loaded and unloaded onto the, that's how they met, was on the tarmac. So my whole family is military. So because of that, we're already on that. We teach our children that. My phone is, uh, I can show it to you here. Let me close my phone out here from being on the thing. And you might not be able to see it because it's on, on a small here. Let me see if I get it to to uh, get on the yeah, you probably can. It's on military time, right? So I have my, I have my phone already on military time. I don't think you guys got to see it. Probably not. Sorry for that. It's over more. Um, so my phone's on military time. My my all my brothers and sisters, all of our phones are on military time, and we're even teaching that to the kids. And then we teach them what Zulu is uh, on Easter. I was over at my brother's house, and um, the, the youngest nephew. 
was was home and he was she's 18 now he just graduated and <laughs> we were talking with him and his mom was like, what time is it right now and he was like uh i don't know he looked on his phone she says what time is it at military time does your phone say that he goes yeah but i was translating it don't translate so he said what time was it? and she goes what time is that zulu and he was able to he was able to figure it out it took him a second because he forgot about Pacific Daylight Time where the, where the time changed. And I said, no. I said, right now, we're Zulu minus seven because we're, we're, uh, at the, we've moved forward. When we move back for, for uh, a specific standard time, we'll be Zulu minus eight. And that's how you figure that out, just like military time is – regular time is minus 12, right, because military is 24-hour clock. You get that in your head all your whole life, you automatically know what time it is, right? So, all right. So, uh, Reese, everybody, welcome. I know I got off of the, of the track. I always do in the beginning, right? I get off of, of uh, Law of One uh, to talk about time, but that's going to come into play in an odd way going forward here on this. So, uh, so I don't think the time zones will, but time and uh, that uh, question and constant or non-constant there, non thereof, time being a reality or not, is actually going to come into play here as we get going. So let me go ahead and share my screen over here. And we'll go ahead and start on Law of One. I'm looking at the wrong camera again. I apologize for that, guys. I'm used to using this, but I've been starting to use this for this computer because it plays the video portions of this stuff better, right? So how do you guys, are you guys seeing that okay? Yes, you are. All right, so I'll go full screen over here to pull this up into a tighter thing for you guys and then i'll change the screen here and take this into full screen so you guys see that that should give you a pretty good view uh even if you're on a cell phone of what's going on uh, as you can see there this is the law of one by raw humble messenger of the law of one session 100 november 29th 1982 okay so we're going to go ahead and continue with this you guys can follow along if you if you would like you can follow along in the books or you can just read along here those of you who are listening on the mp3 file you guys are used to doing that so you don't have the books to contend with and i am uh, paying attention to the chat welcome uh rodney i see that you were talking in the other chat but i didn't check that uh in the private chat that we have uh, set up i didn't check that but welcome greetings uh, if i missed any of you melissa tony i said hi jacqueline if i missed any of you shout out and i'll and i'll uh, give you give you a shout out right okay so my sound stopped working. Could you uh, broadcast telepathically, please? That's funny. If your sound stopped working, let me double check and make sure that I didn't mute myself. If your sound stopped working, um, you have to refresh your screen. And if you can't hear me, you don't know to do that, right? <laughs> so let me see. No, my mic's working. My sound's working. Let me double check it on the uh, monitor over here because I don't have a monitor up here. I just had my phone there, but I just closed that out. Um, but I believe that the sound's working, so... That's funny that you said that because you broadcast telepathically. He's probably just screwing with me uh, to see if I'll, I'll say something. You know what I mean? So let me see here. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, it sound, sounds working. So, uh, Rodney, if, if you can't see me or hear me, <laughs> it's for sure on my end. Well, yeah, if you're knowing that I'm saying that to you, that's like in, in the movie Sahara when uh, they were getting pulled over and they were on the boat and they were getting pulled over and the guy's talking to him and he says, he says, I don't speak English, he says to the guys. And they're like, well, you just answered me in English. He goes, no, you don't understand. That's the only thing I understand in English. It's the only thing I can say in English. <laughs> he's lying to them, obviously, right? And he's all, no, I know I'm lying less. He's all, well, you just, you just talk to me in English. No, you don't understand. That's the only thing I know in English. I needed a new phone as well, Rodney. I just got one because of that. My phone was crap. I went ahead and got a, a new phone. I got a discount on it. I got $200 off 
Uh, it wasn't a thousand dollar phone, but I got it for 160 something dollars. And it was, and it's the top of the line for um, Android, but not like, you know, the big one that's a thousand dollars or $1,100. The next step down from the, those two, three that are a thousand dollars a piece. Um, so, but I got that. So it's pretty cool. My sister was jealous because she just upgraded and she didn't pay the, she didn't want to pay for this phone, but because we got it up here in Carmichael, there was a sale. And so I got $200, $212 off of the newest phone that I would have had to pay like $400 for. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. Uh, that was badass. She's like, oh man. Anyway. All right, let's go ahead here. Let me go back into full screen. Now that we got Rodney hammered out, hammered, <laughs> get it hammered, hammered out. All right, let's let's get this into full screen. We'll go ahead and start on the law of one. There we go. All right, and we're off. I am Ra. I greet you, my friends, in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Question 100.1. Questioner, could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Answer, I am Ra. It is as previously stated with the exception of the vital energy distortion which leans more towards strength weakness than the last asking. Question 100.2 Questioner, the instrument asks if there is some problem with the swirling waters since she feels very dizzy after each application. Could Ra comment on that please? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. Question 100.3 Questioner, would Ra please comment? Answer, I am Ra. As has been previously noted, the instrument... See, had I not played those, you wouldn't understand what he was saying at three, so I had to... If I had left this, you'll see at the end of that, because he asked a question about it, I had to come back and start all of this all the way over, because this all pertains. ...and is the propensity for attempting to exceed its limits. If one considers the metaphysical or time-space aspect of an incarnation, this is a fortunate and efficient use of catalyst as the will is constantly being strengthened and further, if the limitations are exceeded in the service of others the polarization is also most efficient. However, we perceive the query to speak to the space-time portion of incarnational experience and in that framework would again ask the instrument to consider the value of martyrdom. The instrument may examine its range of reactions to this swirling waters. It will discover a correlation between it and other activity. When the so-called aerobic exercise is pursued no less than three of your hours, and preferably five of your hours, should pass betwixt it and the swirling waters. When the walking has been accomplished a period of no less than, we believe, 40 of your minutes must needs transpire before the swirling waters and preferably twice that amount of your space-time. It is true that some greeting has encouraged the dizziness felt by the instrument. However, its source is largely the determination of the instrument to remain immersed in swirling waters past the period of space-time it may abide therein without exceeding its physical limits. Question 100.4 Questioner, thank you. To continue with the terot, I would like to make the additional observation with respect to card number six that with the male's arms being crossed, if the female to his right pulls on his left hand, it would turn his entire body and the same is true for the female on the left pulling on his right hand from the other side. This is my interpretation of what is meant by the tangle of the arms. The transformation, then, occurs by the pull which tends to turn the entity toward the left or the right hand path. Would Ra comment on that observation? Answer, I am Ra. We shall. 
concept of the pull towards mental polarity may well be examined in the light of what the student is already accreted concerning the nature of the conscious, exemplified by the male, and the unconscious, exemplified by the female. Indeed, both the prostitute and the virginal deep mind invite and await the region. In this image of transformation of mind, then, each of the females points the way it would go, but is not able to move, nor are the two female entities striving to do so. They are at rest. The conscious entity holds both and will turn itself one way or the other, or, potentially, backwards and forwards, rocking first one way then the other and not achieving the transformation. In order for the transformation of mind to occur, one principle governing the use of the deep mind must be abandoned. It is to be noted that the triangular shape formed by the shoulders and crossed elbows of consciousness is a shape to be associated with transformation. Indeed, you may see this shape echoed twice more in the image, each echo having its own ridges to add to the impact of this complex of concepts. Question 100.5 Questioner, thank you. We will probably return to this card in the next session with more observations after we consider our comments. To make efficient use of our time at this time I will make some notes with respect to card 7. First, the veil between the conscious and unconscious mind is removed. The veil, I assume, is the curtain at the top and is lifted. Even though this veil has been removed, the perception of intelligent infinity is still distorted by the beliefs and means of seeking of the seeker. Would Ra comment on that? Answer, I am Ra. As one observes the veil of the image of the great way of mind it may be helpful to ideate using the framework of environment. The great way of mind, body, or spirit is intended to limb the milieu within which the work of mind, body, or spirit shall be placed. Thusly, the veil is shown both somewhat lifted and still present, since the work of mind and its transformation involves progressive lifting of the great veil betwixt the conscious and deep minds. The complete success of this attempt is not properly a portion of third-density work and, more especially, third-density mental processes. Question 100.6 Questioner, the fact that the veil is raised higher on the right-hand side indicates to me that the adept choosing the positive polarity would have greater success in penetrating the veil. Would Ra comment? Answer, I am Ra. This is a true statement if it is realized that the questioner speaks of potential success. Indeed, your third density experience is distorted or skewed so that the positive orientation has more aid than the so-called negative. Question 100.7 Questioner, it would also seem to me that, since Ra stated in the last session that the limit of the viewpoint is the source of all distortions, the very nature of the service to self-distortions that create the left-hand path are a function of the veil. Therefore, they are dependent, you might say, to some degree on at least a partial continued veiling. Does this make any sense? Answer, I am Ra. There is the thread of logic in what you suppose. The polarities are both dependent upon a limited viewpoint. However, the negative polarity depends more heavily upon the illusory separation betwixt the self and all other mind, body, spirit complexes. The positive polarity attempts to see through the illusion to the creator in each mind, body, spirit complex, but for the greater part is concerned with behaviors and thoughts directed towards other selves in order to be of service. This attitude, in itself, is full of the stuff of your third density illusion. Question. <clears throat> I wanted to point out there that last word in that 
paragraph again, right? Let's read that last sentence. This attitude in itself is full of the stuff of your third density illusion, not reality, but illusion. There again, illusion. This is referred to many times and people blow past that. Every single person I've heard talk about the law of one, the books, the this doing this or anything, they blow past the point where that comes up over and over again, that this third density, this reality that we are perceiving is an illusion. It is not a reality. We call it a reality. It's not a reality. It's an illusion. That in and of itself is more important than everything else that he said there. However, what he's saying there is the same thing. He's talking about the polarities again, right? The polarities on both depend upon the, the limited viewpoint. Do you understand? So the reality that we, that we, we believe in, this goes back to, you know, uh, Star Wars again, when, when uh, Obi-Wan, who was dead and spirit talking to Luke, and he said, Luke, you, you need to understand that many of the truths we cling to depend us, uh, on a, a certain point of view. And he says, a certain point of view, but they never elaborate on that. There's a lot of wisdom in what was written there. The polarity of both depend on a limited viewpoint because, it, you, you know, if you're askew towards uh, only a service to self, then that's your viewpoint. You're not going to see the other viewpoint. That's why when people do evil, hyenas stuff, people who are not evils go, why did they do that? I don't understand. Well, you don't understand because you don't understand the concept of their reality. You have to understand that there's two types of reality, even within the illusion that we're in, that we're here to choose is either to be in service to others or service to self. And you do you you fall into that category somewhere when you're a child, you start to figure that out. So you're kind of floating back and forth, unless you have already decided that you are in service to others or in service to self, and then you take on that persona immediately. Right. And but then there's some experimentation that goes on and, and then there's a bunch of acting because if you're in service to self, you have to learn how to act like you're in service to others and get away with it. Right. Uh, and then to some degree, the other way around. So that's that's where our ego lends its hand and lends its ugly head or rears its ugly head, however you want to look at it. So all of our perceptions of our reality are from our point of view, not only from the point of view of light or dark, but from the point of view of you individually. Because you can only rely on all of your experiences, all of your memories and everything that has happened to you personally to make a determination of your reality and what's happening and what you perceive as what's happening. I've talked about this many times, right? Being a criminologist, this is the stuff that you learn. That's why the police separate you. So you can't talk. You can't hear the other person's story. And they ask you and then they switch and they ask you again. Two reasons. One, to see if your, your story is say, to saying the same thing. And two, finding out how close your story is to other people's stories. You find out what really happened after the grapevine gets done uh, messing it all up in each person's individual perspective of when they started seeing what was happening, their perception of what was, th was happening, and their prejudice towards what was happening or against what was happening determines their outcome in their mind and how they tell the story. That's psychological, that's psychological psycho, psychology 101, right? So it's also it's also in physics and in uh, philosophy and philosophy of 101, you're taught that the only way that you can truly understand what a philosopher was writing is to actually understand not just when it was written, but what was actually life like then that would cause this person to write what they did about their time that they are in.
So you have to know place, you have to know time, you have to know causality, you have to know all that. So that becomes something that as a scientist, you instill into yourself. And that's why I catch this sort of stuff here is that first it's an illusion. Secondly, it's driven, it's viewer created. So Einstein's theory and other theories from other people like Aristotle and, and, and the like of, of, of viewer created reality is a little more apparent and true than people believed. Although their extreme uh, ideology towards it is a little bit further that I wouldn't say like uh, Aristotle said that, uh, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, the, the allegory, not the allegory of the cave, but the allegory of uh, if a tree fell on the woods, would there, would it make a sound if no one was there to observe it? He says it's, it's folly to even talk about it because there is no tree because there is no forest because I'm not there to create it. Well, in a, in a really, really full pulled back sense, he's almost right. But the truth is the creation is already there. And that means the forest is there, right? We created this planet. It is actually an ecosystem working on its own. So there is a tree and it does fall in the woods and it does make sound. Whether we're there, we're not, we're not and should not think that we're so arrogant and shouldn't be so arrogant as to believe that everything only happens to please us. That's in service to self. Okay, and that was the attitude of the speaker there saying, there is no forest and there is no tree, so there can't be sound because I'm not there for it to happen for. Okay, that's in service to self, believing that not only are you the creator, but nothing happens unless you personally witness it. Therefore, it's happening because of you, for your benefit, for your pleasure. That's in service to self, not others. The, the truth is we created this and it, it works whether we're here or not. If I live and I die, this place continues. Some people believe that if they die, all of this goes and everybody goes with them because they're that arrogant that they believe I am God and you all only exist because I allow you to. Some people believe that, but it's not true. They just get caught in this little section. There's different little uh, weirding sections where when people get upgrades or downloads, however you want to call them, they, their vibration moves in a, in a positive way, uh, be it light or dark. And then they start getting either a delusion of grandeur or um, usually a delusion of grandeur on either side, right? All of a sudden they think they're, they're more than they really are. You know I mean? And that it happens to the best of people. Look at David Icke. He walked around for two years saying he was Jesus Christ. Now he knows he's not, right? Doesn't mean he's nuts. Doesn't mean he lost his mind. He just got stuck and he believed that. And he walked around wearing the robes and the whole lines. And then after a while, he went, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not that. This is not me. That, you know, so he, he, he caught that. He got it. I saw him go through it. I went through a similar thing. Everyone does. You can't help it. Uh, but for me, it, was, I, it wasn't as hard because I had somebody that was there to actually help me. That's why I do what I do now. If someone's there to actually help you, you don't get caught and get stuck for very long. 100.8. Questioner, the crown of three stars, we are guessing, would represent the balancing of the mind, body, and spirit. Is this in any way correct? Answer, I am Ra. This device is astrological in origin and the interpretation given somewhat confusing. We deal, in this image, with the environment of mind. It is perhaps appropriate to release the starry crown from its stricture. Question 100.9. Questioner, the small black or russet and white entities have changed so that they now appear to be sphinxes which we are assuming means that the catalyst has been mastered. 
I am also assuming that they act as the power that moves the chariot depicted here so this mastery enables the mind in its transformation to become mobile unlike it was prior to this mastery, locked as it was within the illusion. Would Ra comment? Answer, I am Ra. Firstly, we ask that the student consider the great way not as the culmination of a series of seven activities or functions but as a far more clearly delineated image of the environment within which the mind, body, or spiritual function. Therefore, the culturally determined creatures called sphinxes do not indicate mastery over catalyst. The second supposition, that of placing the creatures as the movers of the chariot of mind, has far more virtue. You may connote the concept of time to the image of the Sphinx. The mental and mental-emotional complex ripens and moves and is transformed in time. Question 100.10 Questioner, there is the 45-minute signal. Does Ra suggest a termination of this session, taking into consideration the instrument's condition? Answer, I am Ra. Information pertinent to this query has been previously covered. The choice of termination time, as you call it, is solely that of the questioner until the point at which we perceive the instrument beginning to use its vital resources due to the absence of transferred or native physical energy. The instrument remains open, as always. Question 100.11. Questioner. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Sorry, people are popping in. Cheryl, welcome. I didn't get a chance to say hi. I put you up on the screen there. Welcome. Share this out. Share this out. Friday night, log one. I am live. Answering questions in the chat if you guys have them. Otherwise, trying to do my best to give you guys the information and as I interpret it from Raw, a humble messenger of the law of one. Let's continue. In that case, I will ask only one more question, and that will have to do with the sword and the scepter. It seems that the sword would represent the power of the negative adept in controlling other selves, and the scepter would indicate the power of the positive adept operating in the unity of the mind, body, and spirit. However, they seem to be in the opposite hands than I would have guessed. Would Ra comment on these observations? Welcome, Christy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Like I said, share this out, share this out. Answer, I am Ra. These symbols are astrological in origin. The shapes, therefore, may be released from their stricture. We may note that there is an overriding spiritual environment and protection for the environment of the mind. We may further note that the negatively polarized adept will attempt to fashion the covenant for its own use, whereas the positively polarized entity may hold forth that which is exemplified by the astrological sword, that is, light and truth. Question. Welcome, welcome, Greg, welcome. Share this out, share this out. So, okay, I wanted to point out again, right here, again, we're talking about, now we're on to card six, right, in the tarot deck. And I wanted to point out that the sword here, uh, when he talked about that, it was an instrument, not a weapon, right? So it's an extension of your mind. And that this goes back to if, if you guys have any knowledge of magic or anything. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. Uh, magic or anything like that where, you know, you're, or, or even just anything, truthfully. Anything, everything in the universe when we use a tool like broadcasting here, I'm using this computer and then I'm using the internet and I'm using Facebook and I'm using YouTube to get this message out to you guys. On some level, I'm capable of doing that without this technology. But unfortunately for most of us, we don't have the ability for to receive on a conscious level 
this message, what I'm giving you, that Raw was giving all of us between 1981 and 1984, <clears throat> because that was taken from us. We all have the telepathic abilities. When you're around people long enough, family members especially, but friends, you you guys start, you know, you, oh, well, we started answering each other's sentences or finishing each other's sentences, and we start saying the same things. It's because you guys become in sync with one another. You then lower your inhibitions or your your angst and anxiety about, and you trust. So by doing so, you open up, whether you know this or not, you open up telepathic links between yourself and your friends because you're now at this point on an intimate level or an intimate relationship that is obviously a non-sexual, but it is a friendship and, it, and you want your friendship to be stronger. So the only way you can do that is to then find places where you have inroads towards one another and you start to trust. And once you start doing that, you literally open up your mind and, and start allowing that process to happen. We just don't aren't conscious of it as much as we should be because we're used to it, right? It's like it's a background noise that we hear our entire lives, so we're so used to hearing it that we've become deaf to it and blind to it, but it's there. And only when you're deprived of that for a length of time do you realize that it exists. And it's truly, and this has been tested, but it's truly hard to do when you're on a planet full of people because you can always reach out to somebody with your mind. But we, we on a higher level, are able in, to communicate in that, in that way. So on a base level, let's get back to what, we're, what Ross talking about in this paragraph. Uh, on a base level, and he just kind of says it, everything about the card that he's saying here, the shapes, everything, are there to show you, they're the tools, to show you what that card is representing, whether you get that on a, on a, a conscious or a subconscious or a superconscious level, doesn't matter. You still get it through osmosis. And that's why he says these symbols are astrological in origin. The shapes, therefore, may be right released from their structure or stricture. And then, you know, he goes into talking about the properties and what they, you know, what, what they mean in the mind. And then, of course, it talks about the, the, the tools. So everything that is there visually are the tools to suggest to you, just like in Jeopardy, they give you the clue. And from the clue they give you, you the answer is in that clue. You just have to, you just have to actually see what that answer is. People say, man, you're really good at Jeopardy. I'm like, well, I'm just good at deciphering the clues. The clue tells you the answer. It tells you the answer without saying the answer. It points everything to the what is blah, blah, blah. You just have to decipher and understand what they're, where they're leading you. That's the key. If you, can, if you can catch the metaphor, you know the answer because there's the answer. You're, so what, is, what is such and such? And the answer is that what you hear there or what you read there. So it's the same thing with all things. All things. Reading a book, until you read the words, you don't know the content of the book. Well, you do in a sense because every book has the same dichotomy. Every, every story ever told and every story worth telling has already been told. The difference is the slant in which each individual perceives or tells or both any story. So when you're working with tools, like anything that's brand new, you don't have the, the confidence. 
So the tool is foreign to you and you need to learn how to use that tool. What is this tool? What does it do? How do I use it? The more you use it, the more comfortable you become, the more your body uses it for you on muscle memory. And you just think shovel, dig, right? And your body knows what to do because you've learned how to do it. And you've learned techniques to not wear yourself out or injure yourself. If you do this in everything in life and you find that Zen, that feng shui, or fang shui, depending on how you say it, with everything, everything becomes a dance. I learned this because I was in, I have been in martial arts my entire life, as far back as I can remember. Maybe not when I was one or two, but as far back as I have memory, and I remember my first step, okay? So I have been in martial arts, and I see that as an art form, like a dance. That's why, like, Tai Chi and that sort of stuff, people, they, they laugh about it and say, what is this, just slow motion karate? Yeah. Slow motion judo, actually, um, or jujitsu, and but it but it's it's very disciplining. Everything is that way. So even these cards, everything that you learn is there's a tool there, and the truth is, the symbols that are on these pictures or whatever, like in this particular occasion with this card, those symbols represent something that your mind or your spirit or your body or all of that picks up on on some level to help you to understand what that card is trying to to represent it is the tool it is not the actual divination or answer that comes from you from within you and how you interpret what is being seen there and what your intention is on trying to interpret that card for whether you're doing a read for someone else to answer a question or, 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 or scribe their life, or if you're asking questions yourself or you're trying to work on healing or whatever, you have the intention you set forth in the beginning when you drew the card as to why. Now that card pertains to what you're doing. So on that card are symbols and things and uh, stuff that he's, he's trying to, to uh, work through here. But what he's missing is that Raw keeps trying to tell him over and over, this is why I spent so much time on this uh, paragraph, because he's done this over and over in every paragraph, right? Danny, welcome, welcome, hello, welcome, share this out. So so Raw, I say he, they, Raw has stated in every paragraph on every card and will continue about either this, these are tools and you will perceive them as this, or we've already covered this in another section. Right. And and that this is where Don, Don, the questioner, um, I don't know if he's not getting it or if he's just being thorough and scientific. I've never actually figured that out. Uh, but I wanted to explain that because it, no one, he doesn't explain it. So there's nowhere that he says, I actually understand that everything I just said to you. However, I'm trying to be scientific. He just is scientific and he's asking questions about every detail. And I understand why he's doing that. He's being a scientist. I, I was there. I'm a scientist. I understand that. You have to be completely meticulous. But he, there was no, there's no footnotes to this anywhere that said this was my method and why, as a scientist, that is the stuff that you add to things as a dissertation or a paperwork. Uh, even if you write a book, you add those things in so people know how to check your math. He never did that. Um, I don't know why, because it maybe because he knows it's too dry. I don't know. I don't want to get into speculating that. Either way, I feel that it's necessary to explain that because if you take what everything I just said about just that paragraph right there and you pay attention to that and go back and listen to it later and really pay attention to what I said, 
going forward in your everyday life, you're going to find that that applies to everything you do, every mundane thing you think you do in your life. What I just told you is the tools to make your yourself fit better and your body actually a mind, you know, spirit, mind, body, complex, totality actually work better together. And it took me a long time to learn that. And I've been trying to teach it ever since. One of the biggest things I want to come away with uh, in this lifetime, teaching the human race is just what I just went over in that paragraph. That's why I'm writing the book, The Way. The Way is going to, to take you through all those nuances and show you how in everything that you think is mundane is completely separate from anything else and has nothing to do with what I just talked about or what Raw just stated in that little paragraph, you'll then go back in your mind and say, wait a minute, that is everything. And Raw says that over and over and over and over for 106 sessions in different ways. 100.12. Questioner, would there be two more appropriate objects or symbols to have the entity in card seven holding other than the one show? Answer, I am Ra. We leave this consideration to you, O student, and shall comment upon any observation which you may make. See, again, trying to say, it is completely up to you what you use as the tools. And it was card seven. I apologize. I thought they were on card four or five still. Card seven. So it is completely right. We'll leave this consideration to you, O student, and shall comment upon any observation which you may make. Okay, so so there again, viewer-created reality. Doesn't matter the tool, it matters what your intention is. So if you need a tool, you can insert it here to help you. That's why when we teach people, say, um, casting a circle and doing work of any kind, that you have certain, you know, the, the first you get them used to an altar and setting things up just like priests do in every religion. They have an altar and they have it facing a, a certain cardinal direction on purpose. And everything they do starts at, at a point either north or east or south or west, depending on where they are on the planet and what they're trying to do. And if you, if you go to any mass or any church, you're going to find out that they go through a ritual. They do the same thing that, that these evil witches, they claim, are doing. And these evil druids, are, are, that they're claiming, are these heathens. They're all doing the same exact rituals for the same exact divination, right? For the same exact thing. But if we do it, it's okay because we're the clergy. If you do it, it's out of control and the devil has gotten a hold of you and don't do it. If anyone else tells you that it came from any other book besides the one we're peddling to you, the one we put together at the Council of Nicaea and the Second Council of Nicaea, the, the, just those books and all the rest of them we tried to burn and get rid of because we didn't understand them. I mean, they didn't have anything to do with Jesus the way things are supposed to be. Okay? So if you just follow people and they tell you to do something and you just do it until you step in the meat grinder because they told you or they jump or you jump off a cliff or a bridge because they told you, you'll find that blindly leading people gets you nothing but disaster. Thinking for yourself and understanding what's going on is where it's going to free your mind and your soul. Question 100.13. Questioner, is there anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or to improve the contact? Answer, I am Ra. All is well. The appurtenances are most conscientiously placed. We thank this diligent group. There is much greater distortion towards harmony at this asking and we join you in praise and thanksgiving. This is always the greatest boon to improvement of the contact, for it is the harmony of the group which supports this contact. 
I am Ra. I leave you in the love and the light of the One. Go forth, therefore, rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the One Infinite Creator, Adonai. I like how sometimes Ra changes that up. They change that up. Right there, they said, I leave you in the in the uh, power of the One, not the One True Creator, but just the One. And, and changed, and they changed the last sentence just slightly. That's that's kind of weird. Okay, for those of you who are on the MP3 broadcast, this is session 100. We're going to be going into, I believe, this the 101. This is the law of one. Uh, session 101 by Raw, humble messenger of the law of one. This took place December 21st, 1982. Those of you who are on the MP4 broadcast, you can see that on your screen. I only read that out for those on the MP3 because they can't see what the pause is. I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Question 101.1. Questioner, could you first please give me the condition? Okay, hold on. Before we start that, I'm going to throw up what Tony said here, and I'll read it to those of you on the MP3 file. Tony uh, Jackson says, I think that you touched on something there that I have been kind of battling with. Does spirituality, tarot, etc., go against Christianity, or has modern religion hidden elements which are powerful uh, and kept from uh, and kept them from us. Yes and no. Wait, let's go. No first. Answer first question first. Um, no, and then answer the question. Yes. So, so yes. Okay. So let's let's go to this. Does spirituality tarot go against Christianity? Not at all. Okay. The, and Rodney, if he's still out here, he can tell you he's a Freemason, and you have Christians who don't like the Freemasons because they don't care what religion you are when you join the Masons. They don't care about your religion. You bring every religion, any religion, no religion. Okay. But like the Catholics, you have to be Catholic to be knighted by them. Right. I was knighted by them because I was Roman Catholic. Right. I was baptized Roman Catholic and knighted by the Holy Roman See. That's how I got my sir title. I'm a, a Colombian knight. Whereas Rodney, if he's still out there in the audience, he's a Templar knight. And, uh, and he's not part of the of the 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 uh, 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 Knights of Columbus. He's at, at all. He, but he's a Christian knight. He's a, a holy paladin, just like I am. Only he was knighted by the by the uh, the uh, Templar knights, who like the the um, Columbus knights, we were we were outlawed for 150 years before the church would allow us back in because they knew that we were created by the descendants of the Templars, just like the Temple Knights were recreated by, I believe it was the Sinclair family who were the last uh, um, leaders of that. Um, and then they're, so the family started the order up again and now they're doing the same thing. They're on the outskirts and the church hasn't accepted them back in, but they don't care because they're doing what they're, what they're to do as a nightly duty. Right. And so they're gaining strength like, like ours. We have 2 million plus each, uh, order of knights on this planet already and, and expanding. So to get to your to that question, to ask that equivocally, no, but the churches can't control you if you're doing uh, a spirituality on your own and to use the tarot or anything that is outside of their Christian text. And this comes from me also being a Christian minister. Not only do I have a cert title, which makes me a holy knight, a holy monk, uh, uh, I, you know, a paladin, I also am an ordained minister. <clears throat> so what they're trying to do is keep control of your thoughts and your mind. So they took away all free thinking out of the Bible and any part of anything, any narrative. The only thing they kept that talked about that was Jesus's sermon on the Mount and a couple of sermons that uh, Muhammad allowed, or they allowed that to stay as well. 
only because it played into their narrative. But Jesus would talk about on the Sermon of the Mount that he don't, you don't need to be going to their churches and paying their tithings. They left some of that in because it would be hard to make a case for his crucifixion if they didn't show you blasphemies against the church at the time. So they couldn't wipe out everything because people would say, well, then why was Jesus crucified? So they had to show you some of the atrocities in the minds of the Pharisees, because that's only the group who actually wanted him uh, uh, killed. And it was only eight of them. So it wasn't the entire, it wasn't all Jews. It was not all of the Pharisee uh, 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 group of Jews. It was about eight of them who didn't like them and hated him because he was cutting into their money. Okay, so anything that is spirituality that is not Christianity, most Orthodox Christian churches will tell you, be careful, that's the devil, it's evil, don't do that. You're, you know, if you use a Ouija board, the devil's going to come get you. And if, you're, and if you're in any way spiritual on your own, the devil's going to come get you. So they lie about that. Even UFOs, if you're talking to aliens, it's demons. Uh, there is no such thing. You know, it's all about control of the people. So people that are in uh, other religions, if you listen to the, the doctrine of all religions, you find, and I've talked about this on several shows, that the truth is all of them are the same. They're all exactly the same. The difference is semantics. The difference is what you do to worship your God, quote unquote. OK, so modern day religion hid the elements of powerful uh, stuff and kept that from us. Yes. Absolutely. And it started back in the day. It wasn't just modern day. It started back in the Council of Nicaea and then the Second Council of Nicaea. So we're talking King David's time. Okay. We're talking King David's time. That's how far back this goes when they started to, to change the narrative to keep control of the masses. So, so I don't, hopefully that'll answer you. Then you have another question here. You say, um, thank you for answering this. I think um, being young in these times, uh, there's not many I can turn to. That's why I do and we do what we do, those of us who do, because we have been few and far in between for very, very hundreds and thousands of years on this planet. It was hard for people to find us because they sought us out and killed us so that we couldn't tell you people this. And it has only been in the modern era that we have become powerful enough to where they can't. They've tried. They've tried to murder me four times and they tried to kill Carla for two and a half years, three years they were doing this. Let me finish what you were saying here for those people who can't see this on the screen, right? So uh, being young in these times, not too many people that I can turn to who are, who are uh, confidently aware uh, of their religion and also awake to see through what's being hidden. So, uh, you know, churches are either unaware of deep truths or covering up the powerful knowledge from us. That's what they're exactly doing. They're covering it up. That's the story of the Garden of Eden. If you pay attention to the, star, uh, to the story, it's not that even Adam got thrown out of the garden because what? They learned that they were naked in front of the Lord. That's what they tell you in the Bible. They, gained, they, they ate the fruit. The fruit was knowledge. And the knowledge they gained was that they knew they were naked in front of the, the Lord. And the Lord kicked them out for that. That's not what, what they learned. They learned knowledge. They learned knowledge. So why was this knowledge being kept by God? The story is not what you think it is. It's a parable to warn you of what the church has done to you. But they don't realize that, and they used it for the same reason, because it made it look good. Most people don't see the esotericness of that story, because then God got angry at the serpent, who's already a serpent, a snake, and said, you will slither on your belly for all of eternity. Well, that's how I got here. I was already this. So my punishment is I'm to be me. See, none of it fits in with the with this whole good God, benevolent God theme. 
It doesn't. It's completely opposite. Most of the stories in the Old Testament are opposite of a good, all-knowing, all-loving God. It's do what I say, not as I do. Do what I tell you, or I'll wink you out of it. I'll obliterate your entire city, including doing that in women and children and babies who I can't believe original sin is, is, is responsible or the children who are, who are just learning just here are in any way responsible for the sins of their parents to be destroyed and annihilated in an entire city. If I'm a, And I'm just a man who lives on this planet in this 3D in illusion, and I understand that. So either God is a five-year-old child with a temper tantrum, or that's not God speaking. Okay, so the churches took the knowledge from us and kept us. And then he continues, this is Tony again speaking. I think religion uh, is uh, is belief in other spiritual experiences. Spirituality is having your own spiritual ex experience. Yes, religion is following what they want to teach you only about spiritualism. If you are a spiritual person, they don't want you to be spiritual and learn spirituality on your own because now you're taking it upon yourself to have a, a, a a personal experience. They don't want you to have that. They want to hand feed you the experience so they can mold you and control you into what this was really good. That you're very astute. Are you using the terms of, of raw, very astute, oh, student of you for seeing that? Okay. And this is what I'm trying to tell you the same that Jesus was trying to tell you and the same that Muhammad was trying to tell you, but I'm not trying to compare myself to them and say that I am in any way a savior or anything like that. But I'm saying the message that they were teaching is the message that I'm teaching because I understood what they were saying and that Jesus was saying the same thing. And so was Muhammad, that you don't need to only listen to what they're saying to you, that if you're talking to God, then God, no matter where you are, hears your words because you're not separated from God because of some man who calls himself a pope or, or some other title. I am God on earth and you're not. That is a lie. That is a lie. It's not above, as above, so below. It's as below, so above. Viewer created reality, but, you know, viewer experienced reality. We are the creation. We have the power. We just don't know that because they've taken it from us. And they don't let us have any of that answers for us. Okay, so yes. And then he, so he says, Tony says, yeah, that's the story of, of the Garden of Eden. I'll pop that up again. Never sat right with me either, right? Even from the very young age. Correct. There's a lot of things that don't sit right with, with people, with all of us, when we read them. And that's why the clergy is supposed to be there to explain that away and lead you away from making your own determination as to that. Why is it that the storyline of Lilith is not written in any text, yet everyone has a knowledge that there was another female that came there, and so do all the clergy have that knowledge when you gain that, not from the Bible, but from outside the Bible, and then you ask the priest or the rabbi or the father or the padre or whatever his title is, and then he explains to you, oh, yes, there was another person, and her name was Lilith, and she was cast out first because she was defiant. But see, they don't tell you that. That's removed. Why? Why is that removed? Because she was independent, defiant, and they couldn't break her. So they took her out of the Bible for more subservient, more subservient person who ended up, Eve ended up doing the same thing anyways. Okay? And, and this, I find, is a flaw. Let's go down this road for a minute. This, I find, is a flaw in God. Because if God created people, God created the human race, God created man, God created woman. Therefore, God had to have known how women were going to think and act.
but God couldn't predict how Eve or Lilith was going to act. And if you know anything about women, if you've been living on this planet for more than a couple years, you understand how women think. And if you don't, Jack, you better learn. Okay? Because the women of this planet are more independent-minded than all men are. Men are trained to be servants, to get along with each other, to become a unit, to fight for somebody, to die for somebody, to provide for everybody. Women are the ones who traditionally are taking care of the family unit while men are off fighting. What do you think they're doing? You think they're kicking back at Bloomingdale's and they're doing nothing but chilling at Bloomingdale's? No, man. They're raising children and teaching them how to fight and teaching them all the skills that you're that you would be teaching your children if you weren't there. So they had to learn them as well as doing everything else, the chores and cooking and cleaning and all the stuff that women traditionally were supposed to do. Men got it easy. We just do the physical labor. Women do everything else. They take care of it. Traditionally, this has been that way. And then men say, oh, I'm in charge, right? I'm in charge. We're the smart ones. No, we're not the smart ones. The women are the smart ones. They're the, the goddess. The women are the ones who bear the children, create the child, and then raise the child. Men aren't raising the children halfway. It's only been in the modern era that we men have take more role to help train and change our, our children. Otherwise, you always see in the movies, they always make it male-dominated. That's not true. That's just not true. The men are off fighting and the women are doing what? Everything else, keeping everything going, running the whole freaking show. Right? Julie says, thank you. An old army wife here. You get it. Let's put that on the screen for people. You get it, right? I'm, I come from a military family. I have four older sisters and everybody on all sides of my family, my mom's side, my dad's side, everybody going back as long as we've been in the United States, two generations, three generations, they've been in the military. Before that, in the military and other countries. The men are off doing shit, and the women are running everything. And if you're English, if you're European, even more so if you're European and you're and you're less than two or three generations in America, you actually know that what I'm saying is true. The men are off fighting in the war. The women are teaching their sons that are still there how to use a sword, how to use a gun, how to cook, how to clean, how to plow, how to hunt, how to fish, how to do all that stuff that they have to pick up the pace on now while the man's off fighting for some king. Right? And then if he survives that and comes back home and he's not injured in any way, he goes back to his life, but the woman's still doing everything. That's the way it is here in America, too. Look at the inner cities of America. How many, how many people are, are now don't have fathers? And the women are raising, trying to have to do everything, and they're doing it. They've been doing it for generations in this country, in the poor areas. And even before that, when you look at the everything, if you take a real look, at what went on in this country and any other country, the women folk are doing the majority of the everything and rearing. The men are the sperm donors and the muscle. Go kill. Oh, me kill. Me go kill. Come back later. Get some knockoff. Nicky, Nicky. Wicky, wicky. Right? And then cook some food for me, woman. Now we have sex. And the woman says, good, go off to war, do something else. Get out of my way. I got a cave to rent. Run here. I got a, I got a whole village to run here. Get out of here. Right, go do something with yourself. Plow the fields for fuck's sake. Right, so, so this is the truth of that. So, unfortunately, I kind of got sidetracked because, but that's what they're trying to hide from us, and they want us to believe. That's why they separate. I mean, some churches still separate men in one section and women in the other, and take the children away. Right, even when I was going to a Catholic church ten years ago, they didn't separate the men and the women, but they take all the kids out. Gotta take the kids and indoctrinate them in another place. They're not able to hear the conversations that adults have over here, 
but we got to give them all the indoctrination over there. Where we control their minds 100% and no one's paying attention to what we're telling them. All of these, and, and, you know, this is what happens everywhere. So these things on these cards, let's round that back to that. On the tarot cards, that is the same thing. And it's that way in everything. Everything is esoteric, right? I'm going to be doing, uh, Rodney probably left, but he and I are going to be uh, doing starting next month. We're going to, to actually look at the Necronomicon and talk about the esotericness of that and unpack some of that. People are afraid and think it's evil. It's not. It, like everything else, you, depending on your intention, whether you're in service to others or in service to self, you're going to get a different spin on even that book. Okay? So if you are a necromancer and all you want to do is try to figure out how to get control of demons, yeah, it's in there. I read the book before. Okay? But you won't get it unless you, again... Just like high magic, magic with a K or magic with a with a uh, with a with a CK, depending on you know capital C or, or magic with a capital K. High magic, just like anything else, just like the the esotericness of the universe or the akashic records, you won't be able to use it until you're able to use it. So you even if you were reading it, you're not going to get it because you don't understand how to do that. I was just talking today earlier about, uh, you know, when, when people write stuff down, like uh, Da Vinci did, uh, and you look at Leonardo's work, and he came up with a flying machine and a tank and all these things, but none of them worked. And he did that on purpose. If you read his schematics, if you understand, it's esoteric, if you understand what he's writing, you understand that he purposely changed something so that Neanderthals couldn't weaponize something. They had to have intelligence enough to understand that he put a design flaw in there on purpose and be able to correct that math so that that machine works. When I look at everything that he has ever written and everything, I've researched this and you pull up all the drawings and everything that he drew, I'm like, well, he changed that on purpose. The tank only goes around in circles because he made it so on paper. But if you look at that, you can fix, if you're intelligent enough, you can fix what he has wrong so that the tank he created 500 years or 800 years before they even created a tank would actually be, would work. All of his stuff is that way done on purpose. Okay. <clears throat> and throughout time and space and everywhere, that's the way everything is. It's all esoteric and the tools are there for you to see. And this is how I'm rounding this back to the tarot card we just talked about. All the tools are out there. If you don't see them and recognize them, you'll miss them. If you miss them, they still get into your head through osmosis, right? If Greg's still out in the audience, he'll, he'll attest to that with the hypnosis. It still gets into your mind, but you just don't have it in your brain yet because you're not ready for it. So, again, it's esoteric. It means you have to have the knowledge to understand what's happening before your eyes, whether you're reading it, whether you're seeing it, or whatnot. So that's why Raw keeps saying to Dawn about, you know, very astute of you to figure that out. However, you know, when, when Dawn says, should we then change this to this or that, that's entirely up to you. It's entirely up to you because you are the one who needs whatever that tool is. Again, I'll go back to referring to a priest, my priest, who baptized me, Father Neil. 
I was with him and we were in the church bringing in people and taking them through the Beatitudes and showing them the church. And in a Catholic church, they have what they call the Beatitudes. And that is Jesus's struggle uh, through his life until his crucifixion. So everything from when he came, when he popped back up, right. And he studied and he got baptized by John from that point all the way through to his uh, uh, crucifixion and resurrection is along every along the wall of all churches. It goes from the the, the uh, um, right hand side if you're standing at the the pulpit facing the the church uh, to your right hand side. So it'll be the left hand side as you come into the church, it, right there, all the way up in front by the pulpit. It starts on that wall and goes all the way back around through past the door where you came in and back up the other side. And in doing so, you know, all churches are set up that way. So you you go to the Sacred Heart where um, Holy Mary is with the heart there. And then you move past the Sacred Heart and you go, you know, so all of that we were shown in that. And one of the patrons said, Father Neil, we're so glad that you're here for what you do. And he said to them, I'm only here because you need me to be here. And they said, what do you mean? And they kind of were all taken aback. And he said, you have to remember what Jesus said. If you truly forgive in your heart and you're humble and you say, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. You're saying that to the Lord, not to me. But I'm here because you need someone in human form to tell you that it's okay. So you come to church, go into the confessional. I sit in the confessional, hear your confession. In your mind, you're telling me, and you think that I'm the conduit talking to the Lord when the Lord's listening just like I am. But then I say to you, you are forgiven by the Lord, not because I think so, not because the Lord Jesus Christ told me so, but because I know it and I feel it in my heart, because you're true and you're, and you're repenting. Then I give you your penance for that. This many all fathers, this many, uh, you know, Hail Marys, whatever. Then you go and do that. And in doing so, you're also now showing I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice to do this, to show that I am truly sorry and please forgive me. And you're forgotten. You don't need me to tell you that, but some people do. So I'm only here as that tool for you to feel comfortable. And they were like, what? And he, he turned and looked at me and I said, amen, Father. Right? Because that's the truth of it. Just like the card, a priest or whatever the title is in your church that you go to, rabbi, padre, minister, reverend, whatever, they all mean the same thing. Merlin, Jedi Knight, they all mean the same thing. They're all the same title shaman they're all the same spiritual leader the green man they're all the same spiritual leader so th those are tools that you use because you're seeking wisdom and some people find it hard to reach out by themselves to something that they can't see or hear even though they get in their mind they get the same answer but they don't they're not they don't have a, a as, as the level of of spirituality to trust that what I'm getting from the universe is not coming from just me. How do I know that I'm not praying to God and saying, please forgive me because I'm a mass murderer and now I'm forgiven. Cool, I'm going to go kill some more people. 
right? And people say that about Catholics all the time. They go out and they do stuff and they just come in and confess it and it's okay. Well, the, the purpose of that isn't so that it's an exercise in futility that you just do that whenever you need to, to get a clean slate. The whole exercise is for you to be honest and not continue to do bad things. If you continue to do bad things and you're just confessing because you think it's going to save your immortal soul, in the end, it won't. Okay, You won't graduate. You won't go up to the good side. You'll either stay here and recycle or you'll go up in the bad side and go, what the hell just happened? How did I get here? Okay. Yeah, and Julie saying, yeah, Air Force daughter, <laughs> Army wife, Navy mom. Grandmother and uh, of farmers that you know all the way around the board, Julie, right? How how it all works? Okay, so so uh, so my point in this is, and this is where we are talking about earlier when I said, how does time or no time or how does that have to do with anything? Well, it has to do with everything. It has to do with everything is esoteric. Everything is the answers. I guess I could turn this off because it doesn't like we're going to finish with this. Let me go out here and stop sharing the screen here. Um, with this guy, and um, there's there's me. Right, let me get back on the screen over here so I can see myself. Right. <clears throat> so, okay. So it it is esoteric, and it has to do with every single thing. Time even is that way. Time only works the way it is here in this illusion. Okay, and everything is there for you to see it if you can. So all the tarot cards. Uh, that's why people do tarot readings in and of with a card without, you know, they have a book that tells you what all the stuff says. Uh, and some people just read that to you uh, uh, with the cards. And there's other people that just flip a card over and they know instinctively what they're going to get out of that card. And a lot of people say, oh, they're fake. They don't know what they're talking about. I don't think they really know what they're talking about. Yes, they do. And, and I had this conversation with people many times, right? And even if somebody's trying to tell you what they think you want to hear in some sense, they're still, their intention even if it's just to rip you off, you're still going to get something out of what they said because their intention is still the same. And even though they're doing it for money, let's say, and they don't believe there was a guy who admitted he was doing psychic readings for people and people were paying him for it. And he was saying, oh, welcome, Tracy. And he was saying, uh, you know, uh, stuff to people when they'd be like, you know, should I take that job? No. Should I, you know, should I get fall in love with this guy? Yes. No. Right. And then eventually he came out and said, you know what? I'm, I'm bullshit. I just tell people what I think. And I'm like, I don't think you understand that you are intuitive. I've listened to the things that you've said to these people. I am intuitive. And, and I don't remember a time when I went, that's wrong. He shouldn't have said that. Right. Uh, but I didn't tell him that. And I, and I should have because he stopped doing what he was doing. But, you know, even though he didn't think he had the ability, he thought he was just saying shit to make people feel good so he could make money off of people. He didn't realize that what he was doing was actually tapping into something anyways, even though he thought it was fake. Now, can you do that and, and actually, you know, not and, and actually, you know, probably do harm? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You could. There's con men everywhere in everything. But in this industry, they get found out pretty quickly. It doesn't last long. Uh, if you're a fake, it doesn't last long. People catch it because you start working with other people who are doing these things. So when you have people accusing other people of being uh, a fake, if it's somebody that I know and I, I'm like, just because somebody's trying to make a buck doesn't mean that they're um, that they're not legit. I mean, come on. How, how can, Why is it that when it comes to psychic abilities, why is it that people think that should be free and you shouldn't have to pay for that? But if I have a clogged drain, the plumber, well, he's unclogging my drain. Well, didn't the psychic do something for you? 
Didn't they give you information that helped you in some way? Why would you think that should be free? But the guy fixing your car, because well, I couldn't get to work without my car. Right. But you couldn't go to heaven without the knowledge that I just gave you. So I helped you get into heaven later. Do you think that's worth something? So that's one thing that drives all of us nuts when people don't, because they can't see it. There's no fire and brimstone, right? If I'm doing Reiki and I'm healing you, there's no, there's no fire and sparks and smoke coming out of my hands. Well, sometimes, sometimes they glow and I've had actually them, you know, literally like spark up while I was talking to somebody and I open up my hand and literally have a ball of fire go and people are like, whoa, and I'm like, whoo, put that out, right? I don't know how that was accident, didn't do it on purpose, but I had people witness that. And go, what the hell? Dude, your hand glowed. Your hand was red with fire coming off of it, right? Mm, sorry, bring that in, bring that back in. Put that, put that away now, put that away now. Look over there, right? So, but sometimes that does happen, but the truth is most of the time it doesn't and people can't see through that. Again, that's where it's esoteric. I don't believe it because I, I can't see that stuff, right? So Christy said, that's how I read cards. Let me put that up on the screen over here. That's how I read cards. I'll read it off this one because it's a bigger screen. That one's a smaller screen. And my glasses, I'd have to lean in. That's how I read cards. I just tell the person in the picture how I feel, right? And, that, and that's exactly how it works for some people. You have that ability. All of us can have that ability if we trust in it. The biggest problem that we have is trusting in ourselves. And that, again, goes back to the tools. So in the beginning, we give you guys tools to use until eventually we start weaning the, you off the tools and show you that you don't need them. If you watch the movie, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, that was, an, that was a complete exercise in what I just said. The entire movie was an exercise into getting the next, you know, the next wizard operational, but first introducing the ring, which he said was a tool that he needed to have on to use his magic. That gave him something to focus his magic on. As long as I have this ring on, I can then, I think he used it on his right hand, doesn't matter. I can then cast spells because I have the ring. And then eventually he started trying to teach the boy that it's not the ring, that it's you. And he didn't learn that until the end of the movie, but he did at the right time and blah, 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 and save the day and blah, 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 blah. Became the next sorceress, sorcerer. Okay, that was the entire storyline and the entire message you were supposed to gain from that, from that movie. Whether you did it or not, it was in your head through osmosis. You saw it happen, and you and you got that. So he gave him old man shoes, as he called it, these old leather shoes, but the leather shoes grounded him. So he gave him these old leather shoes with leather soles and the ring, and that was what he was supposed to use, and he hated the shoes. First thing he got rid of was the shoes. Then eventually it was the, the ring got taken from him by Balthazar, and he had to fight without it and then realized it was him, and eventually he was able to conjure uh, everything on his own without using anything. It's the same thing in all things. We give you tools in the beginning so that you use those and you manifest your uh, your uh, um, your intention through those tools. And then as you learn more and more and more and get more adept in anything, we take the tools away from you and say they're there for you to see. All the tools are there. I don't need to hand you a tool now. And that's what happens as you start getting higher and higher in your vibration, your spiritual level uh, uh, changes, your, your ideology changes, the things you see around you change, your reality changes. You start to see things in reality a different way and you start to everything in your whole life changes. You change everything about you, start changing who you hang out with, who you talk to, music that you, that you listen to, movies, television, stuff you read. It'll change your entire existence will change because as you become more polarized one way or the other, you then become more 
polarized that way. So as you become more in service to others, you're going to want more and more want to help others. As you become or, on the other hand, more and more in service to self, the less you're going to want to have to do with anything that has to do with helping a bunch of people unless it gets you something above and beyond what they're doing. Okay? So the tarot cards or anything that you learn in your life is that way. And the only problem that we have as teachers is trying to, to understand how you learn. Because all the people on this planet learn in like seven different ways or, or a variant thereof. Right. And you're only taught that if you go to school for that. I went to management school. Right. And I was taught that in management school. It's, it's part of psychology. Right. Everybody learns a different way. So when you get a crowd of people and you're trying to teach them something, you have to pick out the ones and you'll find them out. People gravitate quickly towards their respective areas of operation. Some people need to have a paper in their hand and have the tools and do it. Other people, you need to read it to them so they can hear it from you. Other people, you need to show it to them while you're saying the words. Other people just hand it to them and they just walk away and they know how to do it. Other people, you have to go over and physically do it in front of them. Or they do it while you tell them how to do it. Those are the different ways that people learn how to do things. It's the same thing with everything in your life. Some of those change for you over time depending on where you are and your, your vibration. Right? So that's why uh, that entire thing right there, what I just told you just now about how people learn and why and the esotericness of everything is the reason that two and a half years ago when I read the six books of the law of one, I said, I have to help break this down because I understand all of what I just said to you. And most people are going to read this and it's going to be so highbrow. They're not going to get anything from it. Not everybody, but some people get some things and they understand it. I still unpack new stuff. So I'm not saying when I read them, I knew everything. And then I'm, I'm unpacking it for you guys and partaking of my wisdom and giving it to you. I'm just interpreting it from what I get. And every time I go back, it changes for me as well. Because I've learned and gained knowledge in the two and a half years from doing this. So when I go back and look at something again, I go, what? I did that live on air. Why did I not catch that before? Because I wasn't ready to see it then. Right. So there's stuff that referring back even now. And I've had friends of mine who read it before I did. And when I started doing the show, they then turned around and went back and started rereading the, the books again and went, what? I'm learning stuff I didn't even know from last time. Right. So that's like after this is done, I'm, I'm going to start on uh, uh, a alien interview from the Roswell incident that supposedly didn't happen. But there's an official and an unofficial. I have documents. You'll see everything. Uh, that was put together uh, in a book by the woman who, uh, who I had already investigated a long time ago because this happened in 1947. I wasn't around then. I wasn't born until 1967. I'm old, but I'm not that old. Right? I have gray hair, but that's a genetic defect. This was this gray by the time I was 45. And that was pushing it. My family, my father and mother both had gray hair very young. My mom in her 20s was almost completely white-headed. And by the time my father was 40, he was completely white-bearded. And then he had uh, uh, salt and pepper hair for the rest of his life. And that's where I'm at now. <laughs> Although I cut it all off, right? I shaved my head. But this is all white and this is all salt and pepper. Okay. But I'm not that old. Okay, so that that I'm going to break into as well as other stuff. But uh, for the Friday night show after the Law of One, which will be in the next few weeks because we're on 101 and we have up to 106. So once that's done, the Friday night show will go to probably the alien thing. And then we're going to start another couple shows that I'm going to be doing. Rodney and I are going to start a show 
Um, I don't know if he's back in the in the audience or not still, but he and I are going to start a show calling uh, uh, calling it A Tale of Two Nights because he's a Temple Knight and I'm a Columbian Knight. We're both from different orders of the, you know, of the, the Holy See. Um, we're going to, from there, talk about that, how esoteric everything is and uh, show you. And we're going to start with the Necronomicon. And we're going to go through the Necronomicon. We have three different copies, so three different translations of it, uh, including all of the the um, all of the math, all of the the apothecary, and the all of the symbols and all of the um, uh, spells and rituals. We're going to go over all of that and break it down for you, right? So that you're going to learn some stuff from the two of us that you wouldn't learn from just reading it. And so he and I are going to be doing that. We're not sure what day. We'll probably do it on a weekend. So we'll probably I'll be doing a Friday and probably a Saturday night show. Saturday, there isn't shit on TV anyways. So I think that's what we're going to do is we're going to do Friday and Saturday. I'll be doing Friday for for the, the next, I don't know what I'm going to call that. It's going to be a bit, you know, alien, whatever. And then, um, yeah, that would, yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, so we're going to then break into the first thing he and I are going to discuss is the Necronomicon. And we're going to put, we already have it on uh, uh, on uh, uh, written, so I'm gonna uh, put that to uh, um, the program that, that speaks just like they use this one here for raw. I have the same program. I have two different programs where I can put text to words so I don't have to read it or he doesn't have to read it. We just go press and that way the, the computer does the talking and then we just go pause and then we cut in and talk just like we do with the law of one and then go blank and let the computer do the talking, right? So we're gonna do that uh, and, and I'm not sure, I think we might even start that next not not uh, tomorrow, but next Saturday. We may even do something tomorrow. It depends on when I talk to Rodney after we get off of here. Um, but we want to get we want to promote it first. So we, we might come on uh, and then talk, but not start the book until next week if we do something tomorrow because we just put this together. Um, in fact, he, he doesn't even know I'm announcing it now. Let's get away from that because I need to get off here soon. I still have to go to the store uh, tonight, and uh, and basketball's on playoffs. Starting over in an hour, uh, so I need to get hit that. However, um, so we were not going to do anything tomorrow, and I, I just realized why. So I forgot about that, and now I'm doing the commercial for that. Right? I should have put that up on the screen over here. Let me do that. I'm going to share my screen uh, and and get the picture up. So what what I have for tomorrow? 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 Tomorrow is Saturday, and uh, tomorrow we have I have a live Orion Rising is presenting a live. Um, let me put this, let me open this here and I'll show you where I'm putting together. I have put together a, uh, hold on. I'm waiting for this to open and then I'll share it on my screen over here. I put together a webinar, free webinar for you guys. It's going to be talking about spirituality all day tomorrow. If you guys were here for earth day, you kind of have an idea of what was going on uh, on earth day. We did an entire two days, right? Uh, of Earth Day talking about spiritualism. And um, where is it here? There it is. So here we have, I don't know how big that is on your screen. It's not big enough. Let me pull this up full screen here. We'll see if we can get that to zoom in. Oh, that was full screen. All right, you'll have to zoom in on that. I, I can't make that any bigger, I don't think. Let me see. Oh, yes, I can. Hold on. Let me go back over here. and zoom this in. How about we do that? Bingo, that's a little bit bigger, isn't it? That's too big. All right, there you go. Orion Rising presents NUMA, The Awakening. Okay, and that's gonna start at 10 a.m. All these times are Pacific Daylight Time, West Coast America time, tomorrow morning, 
and it goes until 7 p.m. tomorrow night, U.S. Uh, Pacific Daylight Time hours. So that's uh, GMT minus seven, depending on where in the world you are. And you can see that here's the lineup that we have. We have Susan Posts. If you were here last month for the Earth Day, uh, two-day, 12-hour-a-day uh, gig, you saw her there. Uh, Susan does this light language um, um, activation that is to die for, crazy, cool. Uh, I'm going to have her on Ryan Rising separately after uh, this one week, somewhere on a Wednesday or a Thursday. And we're going to talk about uh, her light language and uh, that spirituality and how that affects everyone. But she's going to do that. And we'll talk a bit about that uh, on, on, on there. But the first thing we're going to have is, I'm sorry, I said Susan's first. That was wrong. Aaron Fowler is going to be on. He's going to be a shamanistic. He's going to give us a shamanistic opening ceremony. Then I'm going to play a video for Numa the Awakening. Uh, and, uh, and that'll explain what I was talking about. It's a Greek word. It means uh, the spark of life or the breath of God. Um, or the other way around, the breath of God, the spark of life. Uh, and um, that's why I called it Numa, the awakening. And then we're going to have Michael Feely. If you've seen anything that Michael Feely has done ever, you know that this man is a, is, is a definite must see. He's put together an entire new presentation, presentation just for Numa. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard it. I just know from uh, uh, him talking to me and him talking to uh, Mandy, who will be with me as a as my as my co-partner in crime to help me um, uh, run the show? She'll be there tomorrow. Mandy, she is the the uh, director and head mistress of Ancient Aliens Worldwide, the group that I created back in 2012. She's running that outfit so that I don't have to have uh, any part of trying to run that and do this. So she's running that. Pretty much, it's her baby. She's in charge of that freight train, and they're about to hit 280,000 members. I can't wait for that to happen. Largest UFO hunting group on the planet. Okay, so Michael Fila will be here at noon. Peter Coyle from Ireland. Peter, if you were here, even though his phone was cutting in and out because his girlfriend kept calling him and breaking up his signal, people were dying to hear more from Peter. He's got great energy. He's a personal friend of mine. Um, we go way back. We're in a coalition together that we've been on this planet for, uh, I don't know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Uh, and we're, we uh, re-met in this lifetime, and he's going to come on. We're going to be talking about spiritualism. After that, at 2 p.m. is Neil Gore. Neil Gore is the creator and owner of Portal to Ascension, a global phenom that does what I'm doing here, producing this show with these speakers. He does this globally, and he's currently right now in a three- or four-day set where he's doing what you see here that I'm doing tomorrow, only he's doing it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. However, he's going to break away from doing that for one hour to come and speak on our show and do NUMA. And he's going to talk about spirituality and spiritually awakening. Uh, and then we, at 3 p.m. we have Marlon Cox. Marlon Cox will talk about uh, his near-death experiences. And we're going to talk spiritualism as well and the awakening. And then at 4 p.m. is uh, Jacqueline Taylor. She was on last month and talked about living the law of one. And she's going to be talking about spiritualism again on a high plane level. And then I come on at 5 p.m. and I'm going to do the same. I'm going to be talking about like the stuff we talk about here, law of one, living that and spiritualism and all that rigmarole. And then at six, I wrote down panelists. And this is where all the speakers or any and all of the speakers from the day can come on uh, for the last hour or however long we want to take uh, and uh, come on. And we will uh, then discuss 
uh, the day, what we liked, what we carried for the day, what we hope people got from the day, uh, stuff like that. And just have, you know, take questions from everyone. We'll try to do that during the day as well, right? But if we miss that, you can always come back on the panel and hope that your person that you wanted to talk comes back for the panel. Uh, if not, like I said, fire the questions during the during the show. When you do that, we can get those up on the screen and read them for the person, unless they're giving just a presentation. And usually they try to stop and give uh, a time at the end to do a Q&A. So just remember that. It won't be like me stopping like I do. When I do mine, I can do that. But it's like Michael, when he gets a presentation going, he likes to do the whole presentation and then take questions. Same with Susan. She wants to do her activation, then take questions. So you'll you'll see that different people will be doing different ways. Neil sometimes wants to just go and do his thing, then ask questions. Sometimes he just goes and takes questions at the time. Depends on what we're talking about. And, and so we'll, we'll wing that. We're not sticklers for any of that. But um, that's going to be really good. The energy from uh, that we're trying to carry over from Earth Day, uh, that energy is insane. We, we're bringing this over. Uh, we're bringing back some of the same uh, speakers uh, to do this. In fact, all of them are from that, except for Neil, uh, are from that uh, um, Earth Day thing. So we're going to do that tomorrow. So don't miss that. That's even bigger than the law of one, what I'm doing now, although it's going to be the same thing. So for those of you who are seeking spiritual wisdom, you're going to have all of those speakers. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven if you count me, uh, eight if, if Mandy chimes in, speakers from 10 a.m., nine, counting Aaron. So 10 a.m. to seven or whenever we get off the horn tomorrow. And it's free, completely free. It'll be on, uh, on Facebook and YouTube and wherever else that we can share it. So when you come in, share it out. The more people that we get this message out to, the more people are going to understand. And tomorrow's not going to just be like, say, highbrow or high magic, like what I try to do. I'm going to try and speak to, and everyone else is doing the same. We're going to be trying to speak to people from all um, from all genres of vibration, right? So you're going to hear stuff that you might go, well, that was kind of low vibration, but the same sense there's somebody above you going, well, that was kind of low vibration when you went, wow, that was cool, right? And that's kind of what we do on purpose, right? So, Tony, where are you? Are you in the UK? Is that, is that where you're at? Because you said that is approximately 5 p.m. Uh, GMT. Yeah, because, yeah, okay, I'm on GMT minus 7. I'm in California. So 10 a.m. Uh, would be uh, would be uh, minus uh, 7 GMT. So so if you just count from 10, 7, uh, you know, from that, that's what, 5 o'clock? So, yeah, 5 p.m. GMT. Yes. Sorry, I didn't do the math myself. So, yes. So that's 5 p.m. GMT until uh, 2 a.m. Correct. Yeah, because you're you're in uh, UK. So yeah, so then yes, you got that correct. It'd be five p.m. too. That's why if you look, Susan, Michael, and Peter are all in the UK. Susan and Michael are in uh, uh, in 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 the, in the English or UK, and and, and uh, Peter's actually in Ireland, but it's still UK time, uh, right? It's still part of part of Ireland. It's part of the UK, right? Um, so we're, that's why they're on early because it's the evening for them, right? And I don't want to have them stay up too late. So you may not see Michael or Susan. Um, Peter might at their 2 a.m. You know, you guys you guys are over there, right? You guys stay up late. So you might see them on the panel anyways, right? But everybody else, uh, Neil said he'll come back for certain. I'm sure Mar uh, Marlon will. Jacqueline always does. I'll be there. And I'm sure Mandy will stay uh, unless it gets too tiring for her because she's on the East Coast uh, over here. So, you know, it will be, you know, 10 or 11 p.m. for her. So, okay, guys, uh, great night. Like I said, let me turn this off now so that you guys don't have to look at that. You can see my, my mug again real quick, right? Right quick, let me stop sharing my screen, and bingo, there I am. Okay, so um, be here. Pass that on. 
if you go to my page, you'll see that they all have the memes up there. Pass those on to your friends. I didn't put it in the calendar, but I have the stuff up there for people to see. So you can, you know, um, once we get the show going, I will be doing it in segments again. StreamYard only lets us go four hours. I can stream unlimited stream, but you can only go do a four-hour stream at a time until they fix that. I think that might be something they're holding for ransom for extra pay. So I'll be doing two or three-hour slots. And I will tell everybody, I'll open a new studio and I'll tell everybody and then we'll relink that. So if you're watching and we go off the air, stay put where you are on whatever you're, wherever you're at, uh, unless you're not on Orion Rising. Uh, if you're not, go to Orion Rising, the page on Facebook or Orion Rising here on YouTube, uh, and it'll restart again and you'll be able to, the new, new feed will go live. And I usually try and do it within 20 or 30 seconds uh, before, you know, when one ends, the next one uh, begins. That's why I use two computers to, to run the show. Uh, so that I can do that. I can start another studio and still be talking to you while I'm over here clicking on stuff and doing a new studio uh, or letting someone else speak while I'm setting it up. And then I tell everybody and I end that and then and then jump into the other one and then start that one and then reshare it. So if you're on a place where it got shared to, um, you may have to then wait for somebody to share it back to that spot. So just know that going in advance, it's easier if you find it uh, or you're, or, you know, or if you want to share it back to where you had it because you don't want to sit on Orion Rising and you have a group, you can then go to Orion Rising, grab that link, share it in your group and start a watch party there. And then you can add all your friends and family or whatever and they can go to there. The chat will still come to me here. Okay. All chats, all roads lead to Rome. So if you're on Facebook or YouTube and you're watching this linked anywhere, even on Twitter or everywhere around the world, all, all of them will come back to here because most of it will take you back to Facebook or YouTube, but they'll all come here. Uh, and thank you, Tony. And Tony said, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. That is what I'm here for. Okay. That is my mission. My mission is to help all of us to make it easier. I had to go through a transition of learning the stuff on my own. Neil and I talked about this one time where we went through the awakening and being angry at the powers that should not be. And then eventually you get to a point where you realize don't be angry with them because what they're doing is actually a necessity. So even though, you know, they're doing evil things, you start to understand that evil needs to exist because if evil, evil doesn't exist, then we all just kind of sit back and go, Hey, I'll get there eventually when I'm ready. I'm going to go fishing for another 100,000 years, and then I'll maybe think about moving up an octave. Yeah, something like that. So nothing was getting done, and the whole entire universe kind of became stagnant. So so we, the one, decided we needed to put a fire under our butts. We created chaos and evil. And then in this place had to get mind wiped so that when you first are a baby soul, you have to make the choice now whether you're good or bad. Before you didn't have a choice, you just were good. Everybody was just good. Now you can have that free will of complete autonomy to do whatever you want. Why? That creates an infinite amount of new experiences. That's the point. That's the point. Okay. All of it is the point. And all of it's okay. That what we're trying to teach you not is all of that. We're trying to teach you that you have that freedom. That's what has been taken from you is that, right? So, but I need to bring you up to where you understand that before I can show you the rest. So if I just tell you everything that I know, when I do that, people go, dude, that's completely crazy, overwhelming, and they have to leave, leave me alone for a month while they process that, all that information. Why do I do that to them? Because I want them to, to write down questions. I want them to go, wait a minute, what? Why? 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 Every time you do that, 
you're chipping away at that conditioning more and more and more and more. So sometimes I say stuff that is overwhelming to you guys on purpose to make you overwhelmed. So you go, wait, whoa, hold on. And now instead of just ignoring me and going, that guy's crazy, you're going, no, I can't be right. And then you start writing down things you're going to look up. Now you're questioning. Chip, chip, chip. Conditioning going away slowly. And every time you go down a rabbit hole, you go, no way. What? Let's go down this one. Every time you do that, question everything. Every time you do that, learn to read, question everything. Knowledge is the key to the universe. Once you gain knowledge and understand what knowledge is, knowledge is love. Love is the creation. The universe was created by the word of God. The word of God was, the, was logos. The logos is love. The creation is love. That's knowledge. That's the ultimate knowledge. The ultimate knowledge, if you go to philosophy 101, your teacher, if he's a good one, should tell you, your professor, if he's a good one, should tell you that, that philosophy is a Greek word that means the love of knowledge or the knowledge of love. It's esoteric. It's there. Okay? The word of God. The universe was created by the word of God. What is the word of God? The word of God was the creation. Therefore, it was love. Even Albert Einstein said, I don't know how everything works, and I haven't gotten it all figured out. I know how most of it works. But one thing I do know is that the universe was created out of love. Albert Einstein said that. Okay? So the, those are the things. When people understand that, they sound like hippies. Right? You had, um, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Beetle passed, assassinated. Uh, I can't think of his name. Give me a second. His famous song, All You Need Is Love. Right? He understood that. Not because he was a pothead or a doper. He understood that he actually got it. That's why he got killed. He killed him for it. He actually got it. Thank you, John Lennon. John Lennon. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Right? Earth, heart, eye. Very good. Very astute there as well. Right? Learning about, is Tony saying this, right? Learning about spiritual awakening from uh, for some years now. But, yes, I think I have to, to uh, have my notebook and pen uh, at, at the ready tomorrow. Yeah, I, you will. You should. Trust me. Um, I will be. <laughs> I'll have. I have right here. Look. Right here. I have two. <laughs> right? I have two and I have pens and pencils and they're literally sitting here. This one's got the lineup from the, you know, from the show when I was penciling it in. But I literally have notepads right here next to everything in between my two computers. And while the show's going, um, there'll be times when I lean down and scratch stuff. Remember to look that up, bro. Look, what was that said? Look that up. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So John Lennon, he said that all you need is love. They killed him for it evil, crazy person that was possessed, um, shot him. He was weird, right? And something not provided about that guy. So not Lennon, but the guy who shot him. So everything means something and everything has to do with everything. Nothing is, is, is not, there is no such thing as chance. There really is no such thing as randomality. And there's not really, I did a study on this. Many people have, because uh, when you look at the universe um, and you look at certain things, certain things happen in patterns. Right. And this is no joke. You can look this up. I don't know what it's actually called, but I looked it up when I was in college and I went down this road. There's certain things that happen per capita. Per capita means per 
100,000 people or per 1 million thousand people or per, per 100 people, okay? So in the United States alone and around the world, this is pretty much the case, right? There is a certain percentage of people that do certain things, right? And you don't realize this, but if you look at it, then you find out that it's true. Like in the United States, 15% of the population per capita. So 15% of all 100 people or all 1,000 people or all 1 million people will report being bit by a dog every single year. It's not the same people, but it's always the same number. Okay. Everything else is the same way, right? There's just variations of that. I talked about this before, I think maybe last week with my job, we, the company that I worked for owned all kinds of um, mobile home parks and apartment complexes and duplexes and, and uh, high rise buildings and, and uh, whatever, all, you know, they, they're, they're, they owned property and rented it out to people for various things all around the world huge corporation. So we were going around these different mobile home parks that they owned, my boss and I, uh, here in the, in the state of California, that we were upgrading a bunch of stuff in these, in these mobile home parks. And he and I were heading up the operation and we were bringing people in from all over California to fly in or flock into one mobile home, uh, um, place. And we would do all this work and upgrade a bunch of stuff that was there. And then we would leave and, and, and go and take a couple days off and do the same thing somewhere else. So in doing so, we started to realize that our home base, our office was in a mobile home park and you get to see the same people, the same characters all the time. And there, and all the characters are certain different characters, but we found that when you go to other cities and other mobile home parks, you find the same character that you had back in your home uh, place, but there's just a different person playing that part, playing that role, right? Like if you go to a mobile home park, you're going to find that one guy who's still fit, even though he's in his sixties or seventies and he walks around wearing speedos all the time, shoes and socks off, maybe have flip flops on, but he always walks around in a speedo. And this guy's the fitness guru star of everybody there. And even in his 60s into his 70s, he walks around like he's the, the greatest thing that God ever uh, gave the planet. You'll find one of those guys in every single mobile home park that I've ever been to in my life. Different name, different guy playing the part, same type of build, wearing a Speedo. You have all the same characters that are there in all the mobile home parks with different actors playing the same part. There's a variation, slight variation of that reality, but the reality is still the same in that same environment in different places. And we realized this about other things. When I was younger and I was traveling with my father, we rode motorcycles and we used to ride all over just to do it, right? We would go like through different states, four or five, six, seven states. We were out on the road one time for a month. And we were just camping in campgrounds, stopping in campgrounds. KOA campgrounds are out here in the United States, unless they change the name. The company that I work for owns that. We would go to these campgrounds, and they put all the bikers together. And you found the same little thing. All the bikers from different places, and they were all going, they were all going different directions. We'd all party and laugh and joke with one another. And then the next morning, we'd all split up and head wherever we were going to go. Sometimes you run into the same people. You're on the way going. You're running into somebody who's on their way going uh, west when you're going east. You turn around and you come back, and guess what? You're under the same guy somewhere in a different state. Hey, where are you going? Heading home. Me too. Weird how that happens. Could be anywhere up and down the United States. You end up in the same place, right? Oh, it's all esoteric. It's there. So. We realize that when you go to town, to town, to town, to town, everything's the same in the large chains are all in the same places. So when you go places like all your fast food restaurants and your big restaurants are all in the same place, they're all there, 
but then some of them are regional. So you have some stuff that's on the East Coast that's not on the West Coast. But we have a version of that out here with a different name. But all the cities are built the same way. So you understand how to work it no matter where you go. So you start realizing that it doesn't matter where you go. There you are. Right. People will think I need to move out of this state because it's going to be I got to go to another state where it's better. It's the same here. You can find whatever it is you're looking for in Wyoming somewhere in the state of California. There's a city that's just like that, the whole state over there. Right. There's even people that live out here that flock to a certain city. and They're all there. and You can go there. It's just like Wyoming. So the truth is, that's kind of the way it is. Right. And I found that out over the years of traveling with my father all over the place for fun. And he started seeing that he was a people watcher. So we would go there and we'd get sit up on the park bench and we'd just sit and watch people. We're sitting there with a cup of coffee or a soda and a cigarette, maybe a candy bar, or maybe we're eating actual food. Right. And we would just be watching people. You see that? See that? That guy's about to fall down. Watch. There he goes. There he goes. Boom. Oh, that had hurt. Right. That's what we did. We watched people. And when you watch people in their natural environment, they don't think that you're seeing them. They're, they're not trying to act. They're just doing. And that's when you find out who people really are. It's when you start seeing them looking around, they're trying to see who sees them doing what they're doing and they don't want to look stupid or they're trying to hide something they're doing or whatever. So I got to learn a lot from doing that about the patterns that I already see in things. And I, you know, at first I thought maybe I'm just tripping and I'm just seeing patterns. And you realize that no, because other people are going, oh, no, 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 that's a, that's a thing. Look it up. So when you look that up, you find that God rolled the dice with the human race and that certain things are governed by certain things where it is exactly the same in many different places, only a slight variance, a slight difference, but otherwise the same scenario. So it is infinite. Everything is infinite, but from a finite beginning. So because we're human here, we can only have so many human uh, uh, things happen, but we have individuals, so that changes everything. I learned that in martial arts. The human body has a finite number of movements it can make physically. So if you're fighting someone, they can only attack you by a finite number of ways. Their body has to move to attack you in any way. And they have to, it has to move to begin the assault, to follow through with the assault, to try and get you, hit you, grab you, grapple, throw you, flip you, kick you. And the, so there's there's movements that you have to do. A lot of times people teach you in martial arts, look at their eyes, look at their eyes. Yes, monkeys and cavemen will look at where they're going to punch you. They're going to look at your groin. I'm going to try and kick him there. Look at the left shoulder. I'm going to try and hit him there. Some people who are not true warriors or fighters, absolutely they're going to do that. But those who are aware of that aren't going to do that, and they're going to give you that that stare that you can tell that they're looking through their peripheral vision at the same time. They're not focused on anything. Those are the guys that you can't use that on. So I was taught very early on from playing soccer that when you're playing soccer, you don't have to worry about what the face is doing, the head's doing, or the arms are doing. You need to watch the hips and the legs because that tells you the direction or where that person's going to go with the ball. It's the same thing if you look just slightly above the waistline with martial arts so that you can see the hands and the elbows and the shoulders. You don't need to see the face at all, right? You know it's there. It's in the same place. It's not moving. It's not going anywhere. So if they do this or this, this it's finite. There's an area that you're going to try and hit. It's this area, and it can only move this wide. And it can only move that far back, okay? Or it can duck. It, it's very finite. They can only pull one way or the other. So the target becomes a smaller area. You don't have to see the target 
to know it's there. You just have to be accurate enough to then look up and hit it as you're trying to hit it. Paying attention to the movements and learning that is the same thing in everything that I'm talking about. The tools are the body and what the body's going to do. The mind knows how many movements a person can possibly make, even with fakes. That's why they do that with the fakes. They try to get you to flinch or put your hand up so they can try and do something else. That's why you see a lot of that happen in fights in the beginning. They're sitting there bobbing and weaving at each other, trying to feel each other out, right? That's why all that happens. People start going, oh, boo, come on, get into it. You have no idea what these warriors are doing unless you know the sport, right? To, to us, the ground game, we're watching some guys rolling around the game tied up, and everybody's going, oh, man, stand up and start kicking each other in the head. You have no idea that there's more going on right there than there is when they're standing up rock'em, sock'em robot. But if you're not in the industry, you don't get that part. That's where real fighting ends up in real life, by the way. If you're fighting somebody in real life, if you don't knock them out with one punch, you end up on the ground scrappling for your life, right? That's the truth of it. So if you don't know that, real life, you, you will lose. You will lose your life. Guy's not going to just stand there and take your punch and let you punch him and see who the toughest guy is. In real life, I'm going to try and kill you as fast as I possibly can if you're trying to kill me. I don't care about rules. If you're trying to beat me up, and there's no referee here, I'm not worried about rules. I'm going to bite your ear off and spit it in your face. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. Okay, so there are no rules. So all this is this is war now. You're trying to do bodily harm to me on purpose, and there's no ref, so you're not going to be honorable. You're trying to hurt me. Therefore, I'm going to hurt you first. I'm going to hurt you hard. I'm going to hurt you fast. I'm going to break your shit off, and then I'm going to feed it to you. Then I'm going to call 911. Okay, and that's not me being aggressive. That's me being real, because the tools are there. And if somebody is going to use bodily harm against you, you should have the ability and learn the ability to defend yourself. And I say this to every woman, to every girl, and to every father, to get your children, especially your girls, into martial arts as early as you possibly can and teach them to defend themselves. Men, we don't have the same problems that women have. So you don't have to worry about it. If you want to get your kids into martial arts, get the boys in there, that's fine too. It's a good discipline if they learn it, but they should. And that's not politically minded. That's spiritually minded because of the harm that we do to our children by allowing them to be molested and raped and taken advantage of by either a stronger sex or just by anyone that they think that they can trust. Get them into martial arts and you're never too old to start learning it and don't be a victim. Stop that from happening. It has nothing to do with aggression. It has nothing to do with ego. It has to do with self-preservation. There are evil people out there that can be here, are here. We can't ever stop them. Evil will never be defeated until you get halfway through the sixth uh, dimension. And then they have to choose to become good or they have to stay there and you never have to see them again. Until then, we have to live amongst them. While we have to live amongst them, we do not need to be sheep. There's nothing in spirituality that says when Jesus said turn the other cheek, he didn't mean stand there and let somebody beat your ass. Didn't mean that. He didn't mean that. He meant don't let it affect you to harden your heart or make you hate. You know what? They hit you. Turn the other cheek. Go away. Leave. Okay, whatever, bro. You're being aggressive. But if they continue, right, they don't have this part in there. What does Jesus tell you if you ask him, what if they you turn the cheek and they hit that side? What if they keep hitting you? No one asked Jesus that question. Jesus would have said, well, then you either need to whack him with your stick or beat his ass or do whatever you need to do to protect yourself. Jesus would have said that. He wouldn't have said, oh, break out a love stick and love him to death. He wouldn't have said that. Your life is threatened. Jesus had people threaten his life many times, and he left 
Get out of there. He taught that. If you go somewhere and you're trying to teach people and they don't believe in you and they start heckling you and they start getting angry at you and they start hunting you, leave. Get out of there as quick as possible and go to the next place, right? No, con no confrontation. Get away from the confrontation if you can, but if you're cornered, you have to be able to defend yourself or you will then be uh, a victim. So that's why I say that. It's nothing to do with combat. It has nothing to do with aggression. It has to do with self-preservation. Come on. We have to be able to preserve ourselves long enough to, to fix everything that's being done to us so that we can then ascend and be good people. But if we don't do anything to protect our children or ourselves, then, then what good are we spiritually? It's okay, son. We all take it in the butt at one time or another. You're lucky you're not a girl, right? What's that teaching them? Come on, we need to reevaluate our whole entire decision-making paradigm when it comes to religion and spirituality and what it means for our children, right? You got to protect them as long as you can. They don't need to know what the threat is. They just need to know, learn how to defend themselves. The threat will be taught to them as they get a little bit older. Then it's time to go. See that? That's your threat. Aren't you glad all those years that I made you go to that that Taekwondo, uh, you know, Taekwondo uh, class that you hated, that Krav Maga class that you hated. <laughs> and then that guy attacked you just a minute ago and he was going to try and rape you and he broke his shit off. He's got three fractured ribs. Both his wrists are broken and he's got a broken uh, a femur or, a, you know, a broken femur or a broken orbital because orbital, you kicked him in his face or punched him in his face. I bet he does. Uh, next time he tries to rape somebody, he thinks twice about that. All right. So, all right, guys, I have to go now. It's way later than I wanted to stay on, right? So namaste. I love you guys. Please, uh, uh, you know, share this out. Like I said, share it out, share it out, share it out. Tomorrow, be there with a pad and paper and a pencil because uh, you might need to erase and you might need to write some stuff. We're going to have some really, really good stuff for you. And then looking forward, like I said, a tale of two nights coming soon to a to a night near you. Uh, and then the Roswell interview, four hours of audio book four hours and we'll be breaking that down into a lot more than four hours i'll tell you uh because there's a lot that i want to unpack about that conversation that wasn't a conversation it was all one-sided we'll get into that when i start that one uh okay so look forward to that after the law of one is over i love you guys um yeah julie i hope i see you tomorrow um uh, tell your friends numa it's it, i'll put it in the it's on my page you saw it up on the screen hopefully you took some screenshots uh those of you who are on the mp3 file i tried to read to you who was on the whole day since you guys you know could see that uh and i hope to see you guys in the morning right have a great night i love you namaste i'll be sitting right here in this chair probably wearing the same shirt tomorrow morning <laughs> all right guys